What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Apartment 113 podcast, where we talk with cool folks in the cannabis and psychedelics industry to learn about their projects and celebrate their successes. My name is Rob Sanchez, and this is Episode 7. We're joined today by Brian Bussey, the founder and CEO of Wax Snacks. Wax Snacks is revolutionizing the concentrate experience and shaking up the packaging game with portable glass inserts. Find out more at waxnacks.com. That's wax, W-A-X, Nax, and enjoy the show. Brian, welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rob. Really excited to deep dive into Wax Snacks and get into the podcast and a little bit about the cannabis industry as a whole. Right. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, it's good to have you on the show and, and start talking to some other products. I think Wax Snacks is bringing some innovation to the concentrate industry uh, that I haven't haven't seen yet. Uh, could you give us a little intro uh, to how you got started with Wax Snacks and a little bit of your story? Yeah, so um, Wax Snacks is a single-serve dab packaging. We're ancillary. Um, so a lot of the times people think because of the content that we post, we are... Um, a brand, but we're ancillary. So we're a delivery packaging that is like a shot glass or a K-cup model. Um, We want to simplify the dabbing process for people um, to not make it as intimidating. So a lot of times when people are being sold a dab or cannabis concentrates, the first thing they think of is you have to have a torch and we want to help simplify the process so the patients can find the medicine that's right for them. Um, so that's why we came up with Wax Snacks. So it's 20 individual uh, borsilicate shot glasses um, that are inside of a packaging. Um, and the packaging comes with tweezers and they will be pre-filled into retail um, as a pre-dosed option. And we also sell them on our website for e-commerce empty so you can fill them yourself and take it on the go. Um, so with Wax Snacks, it's one of those things where it's perfect for your portability. You can take it anywhere you want. It's the size of a wallet, um, but it just really keep, keeps things efficient, clean, um, and easy for you to enjoy your cannabis con- uh, consumption with, with dabbing. So, Right, right, man. And it can, it can definitely be a little bit intimidating for folks new to concentrates if they've seen a torch light up on a nail. I mean, for, for, for regular consumers or for folks who've been in concentrates for a while, that torch means good things around the corner. Um, but for others, it's a little bit uh, eye-opening to, to see even. like You're like using this loud butane torch in your house, you know, Absolutely. to light the glass or uh, well, things and, up. And we're seeing right now with events and things like that, a lot of spaces are not gonna, going to allow a torch. So that's one of the unique things uh, about our product is um, we're compatible with most, most devices on the market. So if you wanted to use a nectar collector and dip it straight into the, uh, the vial, um, you could use that as your simple way to dab. And also with the way of innovation with these e-rigs, it really helps um, introduce people into concentrates and being compatible with that to help keep your e-rig clean and your, your op- itemizer clean. Um, so yeah, it's things to really help simplify it. And then with the tweezers, you don't have to worry about cleaning up afterwards or cross contaminations. You can just, um, remove the glass and discard of it, or you can clean it again if you want to reuse it or repurpose it. Right. Right. And so that kind of helps to eliminate some of the cleanup there. I'm a, a pretty normal Puffco user and man, 
it's still, I'm not cool with it every two weeks. I've got to clean the whole thing. And it's just like, is this really worth it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, soaking everything in isopropyl and scrubbing with my Q-tips. So, you know, being able to potentially remove that, um, that kind of wasted oil or residue that gets down into the atomizer, uh, it's pretty fresh, man. And, yeah. and being able to drop those little almost shot glasses of concentrate into them in measured doses yeah. is something else that, um, I'm not really able to do with concentrates right now. You know, I take my hot knife into the, into the jar and I kind of eyeball it. Yeah. Um, and, and that eyeball is cause sometimes conservative, sometimes not so much. Exactly. <laughs> and that's one thing we're really excited about. So when we go to retail, um, with brands, it'll be pre-dosed out. So the consumers will know when they're coming from, or when they're getting it from the dispensary or the retailer, how much is coming in each insert. To where when you're buying it from the e-commerce side, it's not precisely going to be dosed out unless you have a scale um, to weigh it out. But it also helps you um, with convenience or with, if you're trying to limit how much you're smoking during the week. Or for instance, when I travel, I know how many days I'm going to go. I know how many dabs I'm going to need. So it's perfect to be able to measure out what I'll need for when I'm on the road and just make that convenience factor so I'm not having to worry about where am I going to go um, get flour, get concentrates from wherever I'm at. It just helps with the convenience aspect of it. Um, but the dosing we foresee being something huge in the industry, um, as yeah, it's just help of... consumers find their medication and find out what works best for them without getting too high that first time and then never wanting to try it again. Yeah. Cause that first time with concentrates, anxiety is a is a possibility yeah. if you get a little too elevated there yeah uh, and i mean that that has to go with the potency of the concentrate and kind right of, just as kind of a kick in the yeah it's kind of a kick in the pants to take a dab the first time <laughs> well, yeah and that and that's what intimidates people and i think with innovation of the nectar collectors and e-rigs i think it'll help simplify you'll start to get more people very much try so. it because i believe that concentrates are the best way to smoke that's just me personally um, kind of getting to the metabolites quickly and efficiently, right? Without yeah. a lot of extra consumption material or combustion. Yeah. And it, well, it just, and it depends on what part of the day you're in, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm a regular flower smoker as well. Um, but I utilize concentrates in different ways and I've actually had the capability of figuring out the medicine that works best for me, whether it's during the, the day trying to get something done for work or trying to go to an event and do something, making sure that I'm still being productive or if it's something where I'm trying to calm down and relax. Um, we have to figure out that, that medication side of cannabis for ourselves and that's really where we get excited about helping the patients find what makes them happy and kind of what cannabis can do for them in whatever format it is. And that's a great stance to take as ancillary service because much of the cannabis industry is catering to smoke more, try more, experiment, you know, get higher, have these new concentrates, this sexy cultivar is out now. It's very rarely about, you know, finding the right medicine or, or moderation. Yeah. Um, those are kind of after effects or stuff that only long-term smokers are worrying about nowadays. Um, yeah. And I think having a little bit of that moderation in the in the package is great for, I mean, folks with a honey badger, if you buy a gram of diamonds and you stick that honey, that hot honey badger down yep. into it, you are taking a monster dab. That's not going to last very long. And you're, you're wasting it. Yeah. Yeah. That residual heat is also burning up some of everything else it touches. Yeah. So being able to compartmentalize that 
is pretty sweet. And yeah. I got to say that the idea of being able to get a flight yeah. and try like, all right, in this flight, not only do I have some diamonds with me today, but I've got Bubba Kush, yeah. Desert Haze, you know, just going down the list. Uh, I could see that being uh, really cool to just uh, tell the story with cannabis and appreciate it a little more fully. Absolutely. And we're starting to dive into the Wax Snacks flights as we see currently at breweries or if you go to your local grocery store, you can mix and match kind of what you're getting. Obviously, with compliance wise, that's not reality right now. Um, right. So what we're doing to help brands out, though, we do have the advantage of having our concentrate separated out. Um, so what we're going to start doing with brands is to help normalize concentrates and get bud tenders and buyers, the people who are really selling your products and their products to the patients and consumers who are relying on them to be knowledgeable. It's giving them something that's easily more accessible. And the thing we're excited about um, with the sample kits is it, it kind of gives you a variety pack. So we have lids that come with our Wax Snacks units for brands. Um, so we can give out four, uh, four, four different strains in a one gram package or as many strains as you would like up to 20 um, and be able to give it to a bud tender and or at an event and sample your products out to actually make it more of a variety pack so you can figure out which one you like the most. So we're really excited yeah. about that aspect of being able to help introduce bud tenders to it. Um, because a lot of the times we hear from brands that we work with or from the retailers that they don't know how to smoke concentrates or they, they don't have like an easy way to do so. So really introducing them to a simplified way is something that we're excited about and it'll also help the brand save money because instead of them giving out uh, four grams of four strains, they're now giving out one gram of four strains or whatever the mixture is they want to be. And I've talked to some people um, who give out quarter grams in a one gram jar and that starts to add up on cost, but also on waste, um, right on the jars themselves. And, yeah. And we we really take pride in the waste aspect of it and repurposing packaging. Um, so we use 69% less glass than your one gram jar. Um, so that's something that we really want to help the brands be able to save money on and really help the industry overall to start moving towards that green wave that we should be on already. Right. It's, it's a kind of an unfortunate thing that the cannabis industry has brought on this like intense yeah. like packaging war about yeah. <laughs> resources and packaging. And I mean, for yeah. a while I was keeping them, my concentrate jars Yeah, and they stacked into like a, a tower, man. I felt bad recycling it. I didn't know what to do anymore with all of that. Yeah. Well, I want to give a <laughs> shout out to somebody. Her name's Shannon McCreary. She's down in Santa Cruz. Um, she's done something unique and I want more people to start doing things like this. She saved up her one gram or her eighth jars that she's gotten over the years and she started repurposing them and making candles out of them. Um, Ooh, so that's where that's we're, great. yeah, it's really, it's unique. It's something that is awesome for, to help find a way to repurpose. And that's something that we like to also help our consumers with and our, the brands that we work with is our packaging can be repurposed and it can be repurposed for a multitude of different things. And we want to challenge other companies to start figuring out how can we repurpose our packaging and start doing things to like make it sustainable. Right now there is no answer. We have some really awesome people doing some unique things, but a lot of the times they're just going straight to the dump. Um, so we're trying to, to help people notice other ways to use packaging, whether it's with ours, 
Um, after you're done using all the shot glasses and the vials, you can take out the foam and use it to take your pre-rolls with you, take business cards with you. Exactly, um, man. Yeah. Um, or the tweezers, for instance, you could flip the tweezers around and you have a little dab tool. So it's right. just giving people ideas is what we challenge people to to figure out a way to start being sustainable. Give it a second life. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Dude, great minds think alike there. Um, uh, for my trip to Kansas City, actually, I took the foam out of the black one in the sample pack to put my business cards in. Yeah. Because I realized setting them on top, like, hey, this is a good fit. Yeah. But pre-rolls is a great idea as well, man. Rolling some some little uh, little wannies in there and, and having them ready to go, man. Exactly, that's yeah. That's excellent. Just giving people something to think about and how they can um, reuse something again is, is something we, we really want to help people with wax snacks too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I mentioned I was excited for the idea of a flight, but then you explained those sample packs from a brand and yeah. wow, it would be awesome to not try five, but 20 yeah. and just say like, no, this is our whole portfolio. We've just given you crumbles, sugars, diamonds. Like this is basically, you know, Rob Sanchez, apartment 113 concentrates, yeah. like a sample pack, man. It would be awesome to then work through that and uh, just experiment a little. Uh, yeah. You're, there's probably some just like a, it's like a box of chocolates, man, from Russell Stover's. What we first see it do is, uh, I mean, we've done this in the past in Denver with the Connoisseur Cup where they did 20, they had 20 different people enter in the competition and they used our packaging um, and they delivered the packaging to the judges so they could judge uh, it and they did it based on a QR code inside. Um, so we're, we're looking forward to doing that with some more um, event companies coming up in the future. We, we really feel that we have a tool that can be used in such an efficient way. And also when it comes to at events, um, our packaging is perfect for the vial. It keeps the, the banger clean or your e-nail, your e-rig. That way you don't have to worry about that next person coming up to your dab bar or coming up and um, smoking has to worry about what taste they're getting. Like as a brand, right. I want them to get my my uh, portfolio and my uh, strain in there. I want them to get the full effect to where I don't want them to have to worry about a rosin and a live resin residue being left over in there and they don't get a true experience of the craft combination we, yeah it's a craft yeah. we, they put so much hard work into these concentrates to help these patients so i think that it, it gives them an advantage to be able to actually have that true experience yeah man clean pieces are sometimes a little underrated in the cannabis industry i think because of legacy days where you know folks would be smoking the same spoon pipe for months it's just like marred with ash and just you forget what color it actually yeah. is until you clean it well i think but, that's going to change because of connoisseurs i think that as definitely are starting yeah. they're starting to try and get a palette and figure out what's best for them and what they enjoy the most to smoke in whatever setting they're in um so you're seeing it with a lot of these events like the emerald cup and things like that like they're they're giving people the experience to judge things and see what works best for them um, right. and, and those nice clean pieces give yeah. you that like level ground exactly. to judge or to use your experience there. Yeah. And I think it just helps them like myself, uh, my business partner, Matt, and I talk about it all the time. Like, I don't know how people get the, uh, the palette for it. We're still trying to figure out exactly the, the right way where people can smoke something and immediately know the exact strain. Um, it's very impressive that, is that people easier have that. said than done. Yeah, it's like the sommeliers <laughs> and wine. So we're going to have that in yeah. the cannabis space. So we're excited about that too because 
our packaging. Eventually, we foresee it being like um, being able to mix and match your flight when you're going to a lounge in Las Vegas and being able to say, all right, I want two of this and two of this and two of that. Um, so we're excited for that when that comes in the future. We don't know how long that'll be, but that's something that it gives people an opportunity to try different things and really figure it out on their, their own. And kind of take those next steps in connoisseurship, yeah. regard, regardless of where they are, like if they're brand new or if they're further down the line. Because I think that I can, I can discern certain terps on the, on the flower, on the cultivar, which sometimes can give you a hint of what cultivar it really is. Like if terpenaline's really high, you can, you can smell that hazy, that like haziness, that like Jack Herrera kind of vibe. But you can't say that it's, it's a tangerine haze unless yeah. you really smell the tangerine too. It's very difficult to do that. Yeah. But, um, uh, Hey, only more smoking will make that easier. Only more exactly. consumption. <laughs> yeah. I'm learning, I'm learning that. <laughs> yeah. Are there any terpenes that you, uh, seek out or I, like any flavors in the concentrate realm that are your favorites? Um, oh, flavors. I really enjoy the citrusy taste of rosin. Um, I don't not like not, a high limonene rosin. Yeah. I'm not sure if a lot of people have the same experience as me, but when I smoke rosin, I always have like a citrusy, um, palette for it. And I absolutely love that. But I also love, uh, just trying new strains in general. I don't really seek anything out because I know there's so many great things that I need to try. So I'm open to trying new things in general. Um, so what I'll do is I'll support local farmers and things like that and buy from the dispensary and try new products myself personally just to be able to help um, support them but also figure out my palate and figure out new things that I haven't had a chance to try um, because right. it differs every place you are, whether you're in Southern California, Northern California, um, New York. Yeah, it just is going to change everywhere because there, there's different passion behind it, different genetics, different um, organic ways, as some of us like to say, um, yeah, so, right. yeah, different water, even yeah, different sun, different everything. It's 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 definitely um, something that I love to do is experience those things. Um, yeah, that gets into like the uh, the tawar approach of like locally grown flour or yeah. flour grown in or concentrates created from Northern California flour versus concentrates that are coming from Oklahoma or. Yeah or Spain or anywhere, right? There's a certain, um, nuance to those flavors. That's very much unique to their, their place. And exactly. I think because of the age of the industry, we don't know how strong that difference really is yet. And it, it may, we may find that it's, a, it varies extremely. And, um, you know, if you could try like, you know, the same cultivar from a New York grow and a California grow and order that to the Midwest, I think that's really the that's that next step of the cannabis industry. Right? Oh yeah, well, you <laughs> that get federalization. Try, yeah, you get to try. I mean, you you get to try different things when it comes to federalization. But even within our own states, I think that um, we tend to forget. Like sometimes, if you're in Southern California, you're probably only getting indoor grown, or you're getting whatever's provided at your retailer near you. Um, and that goes for every state. I mean, I I, I don't think every state's going to have um, the success that the Emerald Triangle does growing outdoor. But I think there's different options. For instance, when I talk to people in Canada, they have the craft option. Um, so it just, it makes right. it to where 
people will even within their own state have the opportunity and that's that's been really cool with the accessibility of the delivery systems too being able to order things instead of having to go into the store they can actually see and order it and get it delivered straight to them um but i i really foresee a lot of uh people getting into um trying new and i think they're more like craft brands i think that every brand has their own unique craftness to them whether they're large scale or small scale and some of them prefer to be small scale um and that's just the reality right. of it and that's what they <laughs> want to be they do it i mean a lot of the farmers in the mountains out here they do it because they they're legacy growers and they want to pass it on to their kids and their family and they want to continue to to support the medicine and the alternative movement yeah it's not about building that multi-state empire it's about creating craft and yeah. and quality products there and community yeah definitely and i think that's a good point man that even if you don't realize it you know buying just in your city or just in your state you very much are getting only a narrow selection of the cannabis industry or kind of what's available yeah well yeah i went to i went to a dispensary in denver and i won't i'm not going to name the dispensary um, and there's nothing wrong with it, but they only sold their own house brand. And I didn't realize that when I walked in. So I asked the question of where their Colombian gold was grown because my first, uh, like knowledge of Colombian gold is it's a land strain. So I figured it would have been grown in the mountains of Colorado at some point. Um, and they said, they laughed at me and said, no, it's all indoor. And I was like, okay, well, I, I'm not sure why that's funny because, um, you can get you can get outdoor flour from Colorado. So it's just more of the way the right. bartenders are educating too. Um, and just like people are being, they're able to gain more knowledge themselves now by the accessibility of these companies and software uh, companies that are coming out and sharing knowledge about cannabis to help the consumer figure out what's best for them. Yeah, right. That every day there's kind of some more services there or more more passion behind cannabis education or, you know, converting consumers to connoisseurs, right? Yeah. Do you think that we put an unfair pressure on bud tenders to do some of that work? Or do you think it really does fall on them? Um I I do believe that there is a trickle down effect. Um I believe that bud tenders and the buyers and the retail shop are the face of everybody's brand. Um, they're that last stop before that last step before you um, get to actually consume your cannabis. Um, but I do believe there's a lot of pressure on them, but I think there's a lot of pressure on them from um, their retail owners who are investing into things because they wanna get into the cannabis industry because they wanna be plant touching or be involved. Um, that way I think they don't realize that there's so much knowledge and education behind the plant that the bud tenders need to be able to explain. Because for instance, if my mom goes into a dispensary, there's not one thing in the world she knows about cannabis except for you can smoke flour. And now she knows that dabs, she knows that cannabis concentrates exist because of me. Um, so like <laughs> right. I, if I was her, I would really hope that the bud tenders are educated by their management, by their executive team who, who runs them to be able to help these people with what medicine could be right for them based on whatever situation they're dealing with. And if they're not able to try these products, like then that's something that is hard. And 
I don't think every bud tender has to has to consume. I don't think that at all. But I believe that they should know the knowledge of um, some things. But I believe that starts at the top, and then with the brands. I think the brands need to do a better job of explaining um, how their brands are different and making a difference for a lot of these bud tenders because. At the end of the day, the bud tenders are pushing the brands that they get the most swag from or the most love from, um, when in reality it should be what is best for the patient and not what's what's best for them. So that's where we, yeah. we have to be able to, it starts with, it's really with everybody. I think it starts with the brand. I think it starts, I mean, we have a say in it and that's something where brands are doing a good job going into dispensaries and showing consumers their brands because sometimes the bud tenders might not have that time if they're a busy dispensary to to show love to that brand or every single brand in there. Yeah, having the brand ambassadors come in. Um, before my uh, cannabis software stint, I had a, some side jobs as a brand ambassador working for liquor companies and car companies, sometimes phones. Basically, I would show up to random conventions, wear whatever t-shirt they gave me for the day, yeah. and just talk to strangers about Whatever was behind me. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it was whiskey. Sometimes it was uh, Ford F one fifty. Yeah. Um, and that's actually super valuable, even just to give people that experience with the brand, or let them kind of touch and feel uh, the packaging, or yeah. um, ideally smell things too. That's something yeah. we've kind of lost in our our modern approach to the dispensaries. Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, the uh, the perspective of wanting like someone like your mom or, or my mom or my, my mini aunts to be able to go in a dispensary and get that understanding. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the real pressure because as a, someone that came up from the gray industry and, and before I, some, I don't really rely on the bud tenders too much. Like yeah. I like to ask them some questions, but I'm kind of shopping for myself. I know what's up. Yeah. Um, but then if for someone to come in brand new, you'd hate for them to just be steered by the the company that gives the most swag yep. or the highest THC that's kind of sets them off on the wrong foot already. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, kind of a long-term, long-term battle. I think oh. as the industry's still growing so much that we haven't really reached that, uh, that level where now craft or like more nuanced consumption could be considered. It's still just, you know, buy it if you want it, you know, and we're seeing Missouri just opened up. They're doing like record-breaking numbers there, yeah. And I am, I imagine their bud tenders aren't doing a high degree of education. It's no. just selling and selling, man. Yeah. Cannabis is legal. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I uh, think that I mean one of the things educating the bud tenders is one thing, but also wanting people who want a career in cannabis, I think, is huge. I think that um, a lot of the times people are coming into the space and just are excited to be involved in the cannabis industry and to get the um, to get the samples and things that they're getting. They don't really have a passion of wanting to learn more about the retail space or move up into the, the, the management side of things. I think that's where we can help them more. I think that a lot of the times you see a lot of turnover on the front line of these retail spaces, but I think a lot of it starts with the management and the team that's, mm. that's educating them because if they don't have the proper tools, then somebody's going to get mad at you that does know what they're talking about. And that person's going to get upset and quit and You're gonna run into me. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I just think that it's something to where if they're trying to set their employees up, whether you have one dispensary or if you have a hundred dispensaries, you're trying to set your employees up to be you one day. 
that's the way we should look at it. I want everyone to be in my position one day, in your position. I want someone to have that experience. I don't think everybody has the same um, outcome in life and is going down the same path, but I want to challenge people that are in this space and in that line of work to be the best that they can be if they want to have that opportunity. It. If they have uh, the opportunity, yep. Right, and have that career trajectory, which I mean, that is a noble goal. I mean, even general businesses are trying to do that. I've worked several dead-end jobs, unfortunately, on the software side where it was like, man, I actually can't do anything else for this company unless four to seven other people quit or get fired at the same time. Yeah. And those, those kinds of roles are good for experience. Yeah. But in the long term, it can feel limiting if it's just this is the end. Yeah. I think that's a good point at kind of laying down the gauntlet for business owners then to to prepare that way for their bud tenders or provide some training or classes that could keep their knowledge up. Yeah. Well, and, cause for instance, I can only educate, uh, the retail or the bud tenders on my packaging and the brand that we're working with. Um, but I'm not the only product inside of a dispensary or I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Or the concentrate yeah. the only thing. So there has to be some, some accountability of, how can we educate them to make sure that they know the most for our companies moving forward? Right, right. Almost if the brands could include though, like now we know everything about Wax Snacks. We know the the way you could sell that, kind of how you can moderate with it, right? Or yeah. how you could have variety packs. Yeah. And then you consider that that's only 50 SKUs in a dispensary's, you know, 800 SKU lineup. Yeah. As a bud tender, I mean, you've got to be a serious consumer to have tried all of that, yeah. or you really got to be doing your work to research it thoroughly. And here in Vegas, I've had some hit or miss experiences with bud tenders. I think many businesses running into that turnover issue where they are just trying to get folks to be on time and to to be consistent yeah. employees that it, they can't really get to that next level still, which might have to do with just the age of the industry. That, it's yeah. a little young still. Um, then most of the workers are a little young as well because they're coming in, they're excited, like you said, you know, getting involved in cannabis, not a, not an old fashioned business. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it really does. It, it makes them excited to come to work at a dispensary and to be surrounded by that. But if they don't know the right things, and like you said, there's no way that any bud tender is going to know all 800 items on there. But I think that at least knowing the basis of, like what consistencies, like what they can do and how things can impact other people. Like the basic knowledge of cannabis is always something that you would like for them to know so that you can rely on them for someone who doesn't know what they're doing when they're going into the the dispensary or the lounge. I mean, it just... It, yeah, it's similar to how like a luxury store would work, right? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't want like your luxury sales folks to not know about the watches that you're trying to sell yeah. or the diamond rings. Um, but then it's interesting because it's more... It's Sometimes it's more of like a, a convenience store format, yeah. but still kind of buying those luxury products where you could have a narrative around your product. And it not only helps the consumer, but... I mean, my theory is that at the end of the day, that would actually help the business to yeah. sell larger tickets. You'd have customers that come back. They're more willing to explore the menu, try different things, you know, take the bud tender advice. Yeah. Um, so things like that can turn revenue for the business and make better consumers uh, at the same time. Absolutely. 
I mean, because at the end of the day, we need the consumers to come back and we want them to have that that experience that they wanted to come back to the retailer to try more variety. If not, they're just going to go to another one, especially if you're in a state like California where you can go deal to, hop. Yeah, you can go to yeah, you can deal hop or you can go to multiple different places or brands like. If somebody makes you mad, you can go get the same quality somewhere else to where in other states they don't have that advantage. Um, and I think that that's awesome, too, because then they really have to care about the consumer. The earlier they are, they have to care about the consumer. And I think that's super important because at the end of the day, cannabis is for the patient, for us. What, whatever you're dealing with, you might not know it. Like We use it recreationally, but there's, it's, a, it's a medicine at the end of the day. So yeah, there's therapeutic benefits for everyone, huh? Yep. It doesn't matter what the situation is. If you have FOMO missing out because you're not getting to hang out with the boys or the girls for the weekend, like they're, they might have to use that for their anxiety and they might not even realize it. It's something that underlying, and that's where I think educating, getting people to, to try and figure out what their medicine is that's best for them. And that's where I go back to wax snacks and why we believe in cannabis concentrates and we understand why it's not as normalized because of the delivery methods and the hardware and equipment. So we're excited to see the innovation and we're excited to, to bring our own products and make a difference to help people understand and simplify cannabis concentrates. Yeah, man, that, that would be an awesome metric for Waxnax if, to start to see how many consumers maybe you're creating in, in the concentrates industry or, yeah. you know, get a, get a demographic from a retail shop. Like, all right, how many concentrates are you selling now? And then with wax snacks after a few months, how many do you sell? Right. Yeah. And to see that contribution actually in reality is, uh, it's great stuff, man. And giving back to the community and just trying to share some of that knowledge. Cause a lot of them, a lot of the knowledge kind of came through the industry in the days and not all of it has reached consumers yet. Some, some of it on purpose because some legacy folks or legacy businesses are keeping it hush hush and trying to have their secret sauce in house. Yeah. But there's elements that can be shared, right. Or um, benefits to, you know, rising all the boats at the same time. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I believe in this industry, we have to coexist together. I know that we all have competitors and we all are trying to make the most money as possible. But at the end of the day, we all should be making sure the patient's having a good experience. Um, but we really have to coexist together. You can't smoke flour without a lighter or paper or a bong or a bowl. You can't smoke a dab without one of the pieces of hardware. Um, so there, there, there's a lot of things that go into it. You can't have your tincture without the um, proper equipment. You can't can't drink a THC beverage without a can, a bottle, or whatever it's coming in. So we have to work together, and I think that that's how we're going to continue to normalize and grow um, the space, and we're really excited for the future of it. Yeah, man. Yeah, and speaking of the future, uh, are there any plans for Wax Snacks uh, here this year or in the near term? Um, yeah. I know we already mentioned the sample packs coming and some more branding. Um, what What's on the plate for you guys nowadays? Yeah, so um, we are currently working on some new packaging sizes. So we're going to come out with a 5 and a 10 count, kind of a quarter gram, half gram option. Um, we're really coming out with the 5 counts to help with the consumption lounges. Um, we know Vegas is going to be single serve. Um, so we really want to help be the solution for cannabis concentrates instead of brands putting a quarter gram inside of a one gram jar. They can have a new solution and 
the the patients and the customers are having the experience that they they should um, and then we're also coming out with another attend count as well um, so we're really just trying to help people um, get the experience that they need whatever the packaging size is um, wax snacks really is the insert at the end of the day it's the delivery method of our shot glass like so um, we're excited for those new packaging options to to bring on a new um, excitement for the brand new uses too. yeah right i could see some different uses for five packs versus the 20s you don't always want to go deep go 20 deep um if yeah. you're just bringing a little fiber with you or giving out samples or or buying those true flights yeah where buying a flight of 20 dabs as nice as that sounds is probably not super realistic yeah. for uh <laughs> for one consumer yeah exactly and then uh, with with vegas the the single serve uh, as the the lounge method, we we love that. We we think that's awesome. Um, just as a compliance method to make sure that people are uh, following the rules and and doing things correctly. Um, so we're really excited for that market. And then I think Colorado is a similar thing. But we just believe that giving people um, different the different packaging options will help them get the delivery to their their consumers because some people might only want to buy a half gram of product or just to try out so i know that every state's going to be different the consumers in every state are different so we really just like i said want to help simplify and normalize cannabis concentrates in any way that we can um so we're really excited about that and then a couple of events um coming up with the emerald cup um in the bay we're excited about uh hollow flowers and santa rosa in the bay excited for them to combine both of them um and then we're really yeah, excited yeah, about it coming again yeah and then we're really excited about the guild yacht event for the emerald cup um so that'll be something to look forward to for everybody so um yeah we're really excited for 2023 and just looking forward to where the industry grows and where people are looking to improve and how we can overall as a community in the cannabis space grow. Right. Right. And seeing the solutions that come from that kind of community effort, man, it's definitely, uh, it's something else to see where we're at already. Yeah. Thank you for the, the conversation today, Brian. And where can folks find you and, and wax snacks online? Yeah. So you can find wax snacks on uh, Instagram at wax snacks underscore co. Um, and then you can find me on uh, LinkedIn or on Instagram as well, Brian Bussey, um, B-U-S-S-E-Y is the last name. Um, so you can find me on any of those outlets and just feel free to reach out if you have any questions about Wax Snacks. And we really do appreciate you taking the time today, Rob, to, to learn more about our product and to hear what we have to say. Hey, no, totally, man. Anytime. And for our listeners, uh, look forward to the uh, Wax Snacks review coming up to Apartment 113 here soon. I'm going to kind of go through the packaging, get some photos and a uh, little write-up as well to kind of show folks what we're talking about as, if they don't have it in their market. But yeah, thank you again, Brian. Awesome. Yeah, we appreciate you and we're looking forward to what's coming up. Thank you for listening to the Apartment 113 podcast. Join me at Lucky Leaf Expo in Albany, New York on April 14th, where I'll be speaking on cannabis software and connoisseurship. 
For more information about the show and our range of services, visit apt113.com. We offer cannabis operations consulting, agile product management for software development, and certified Ganjier services. With over a decade of experience in the cannabis industry, Apartment 113 is here to help.